Thank you for joining us on our podcast for Faith Center Church. We hope today's message builds you up and brings you hope right where you're at. Hope you enjoyed the message. Thank you, Miss Tracy. Thank you, praise team. How many of you are thankful for the overwhelming, (laughs) never-ending love of God? You can be seated. Woo! I tell you what, can you sense the love of the Lord in this place today? The love of the Father, the presence of the Lord. There's nothing like it. I'm just going to be honest with you. Got no shame in my game, but it brought tears to my eyes this morning. When we were just declaring that, just how much our God loves us. Cam and I were blessed, most of you know, that know us, with two children, Jaden and Sienna. And as a father, they're my life. (laughs) Those two kids, they're both here today. I love them with everything I have. And then some. I would do anything in the world for them. And those of you that are parents, you're shaking your head because you would do the, you feel the same exact way. Well, Jesus taught this. He said, if we as earthly fathers and mothers love our children like that how much more does our heavenly father love us that's an overwhelming kind of love and I just love how the Holy Spirit sets things up Trace, Miss Tracy and I didn't talk but that's she was all over the message this morning and I just love that to me that's like confirmation because we're going to talk about what it means to be born again. Just to know how much our Father God loves us. That He sent His only Son to die on the cross so that you and I could be made new. Have eternal life. The Old Testament term is the term salvation. We're saved, rescued. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, the Passover lamb. But in the New Testament, it uses a different word. It's the word born again. That word again means from above. And I want to just talk to you this morning. The Lord had me begin a series Wednesday night entitled End Time Essentials. And I really believe with all of my heart, church, that we are living in the last days. And you know, in Matthew 24, Jesus talked a lot about the end times. That's a chapter in the Bible that speaks of the end times, Matthew 24. And his disciples asked him, what is, when is the end coming? What are the signs? They wanted to know. And Jesus, what I love, and it's where this, this entire series came from, Jesus didn't tell them what they wanted to hear. He didn't have this long discourse on all of the signs and everything that you're going to see when, 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 when the end times come. He did mention that there would be wars and rumors of wars. He did mention that there would be much iniquity and lawlessness in that time, the end time. He did say that nation would rise up against nation. But that wasn't his focus. When you really study and and read Matthew 24, he tells his disciples not what they maybe wanted to hear, more about the signs and what it was going to look like. 
but he tells them what he wants for them to do in the end times. And that's what I shared Wednesday night. It's to examine yourself is what he told them first. Take heed that no one deceive you during those, the end times. Take heed. Do an inventory. Then he said, don't be troubled. That word troubled means to be shaken, agitated. I'm thankful, church, that we're living in a time when the Holy Spirit is swooping in. <laughs> Every time we gather to lift us up from that place of being troubled and agitated, whether it be with fear or anxiety, whatever it is, I believe the Spirit of God is bringing us to a place where he's just lifting us up above all of that. Because, church, we're, we're, we, we can't be effective as the end-time church if we're struggling. We can't help others that are struggling. Then he said, live with endurance. Keep on keeping on. That's really what he said. In those times, live with endurance. Those that endure to the end will be saved. And then the last thing he told him, I love it. He said, and this gospel will be preached all around the world as a witness. Do you know that's what's happening right now? We're living in these times. The gospel is being preached. But you know, I want to just focus on, I believe he laid a few things on my heart. Give them a few essentials. Give my people some essentials for this time that we're living in. And the one he gave me for this morning is to just make sure, church, yeah, in this time that we're living in, we want to make sure that we have been born again. And that's really what I'm going to talk about this morning. And before you say, well, I'm already born again, I guess this message really isn't for me. Hold up. <laughs> the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, I believe it's 13.5, Paul admonished the church in Corinth to examine yourselves. Christians, examine yourself. Not the person sitting next to you. Not the person who you had a fallen out with. Examine yourself to see, hear me, whether or not you are in the faith. So that's what we're going to do today. And I want you to go with me to John chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. A beautiful story. Many of you will be familiar with this. Many of us have heard of the man by the name, a man by the name of Nicodemus, who came to Jesus at night, the original Nick at night. <laughs> came to Jesus with some questions. And that's where we pick up right here in John chapter 3. I want to just read it to you. It'll be up on the screen if you do not have a Bible. Are you ready for the word, church? I know that you are. Here we go. Jesus left the temple. I'm sorry, I'm, at the, I'm not at the right place. Hello, let me get to the right place. <laughs> now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, which means teacher, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform these signs you are doing if God were not with him. Now, verse 3, Jesus replied, well, thank you very much, Nicodemus. No, that's not what he said. <laughs> very truly, anytime Jesus said very truly or 
most assuredly, or that something is there for us to grab a hold of. Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. There it is. And Nicodemus, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus does it again. Very truly, I tell you. In other words, Nicodemus, you got to get this. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to the flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. Speaking of two births there. Born of the flesh. We all have a natural birth date. The day you were born. The day you came into this world. We all have that natural birth date. But the question is today, church, do we all today in this house, can we say of ourselves that we have had our spiritual birth date? The day that we truly became born again. And that's what he was talking to Nicodemus about. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases and you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. There it is, born of the Spirit, the Spirit of God. How can this be? Again, he's got some questions. I'm here to tell you, God's got answers to our questions. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I'm going to do a little reading. Just stay with me. I think it's good to read the word in church. Amen. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. So how then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven. He, he, he says it again. No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the son of man. And just as Moses was lifted up, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, speaking of his death on the cross, that everyone who believes may have eternal life. And I'll end with verse 16. Come on, we can all quote it. Oh, yes. Couldn't leave this one out today. John 3, 16. Can we just all say it together? You can look up on the screen if you need to. For God so loved the world that he gave his, own, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Church, that is the gospel. That is the gospel message. And what I want to show you, just three points I want to bring out, and we won't be long. The first point that Jesus makes to Nicodemus is when he said, you must be born again. He did not say, I highly recommend it. He did not say, I, 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 you should consider it. Being born again, he said, you must be born again. In other words, that's where I get the word essential from. It's an essential church. In this time that we're living in, we've got to know, church, that we're born again. We got to know that. And what I think is very interesting, it's not only the conversation that he had 
but it, with, with a certain individual. But, but what's important is it's the actual person that he is talking to. Who is Nicodemus? Well, we know a little bit about Nicodemus. We just read. He was one of the Jewish leaders. He was part of the, he was a Pharisee. Well, that tells me that Nicodemus, if you were a Pharisee, you had to, you had to memorize the first five books of the Old Testament. So that tells me the brother knew the word. He read the Bible religiously. He had it memorized. The first five books were memorized. Pharisees also went to church regularly. They tithe. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. Regularly. They prayed and fasted. If you were a Pharisee, you had to fast twice a week. That's more than most of us fast a week. Just being real. So what I want you to see is who he was talking to. Not someone that didn't know anything about the Bible or anything about... No, this was a man who knew the Bible, prayed and fasted. He tithed and he went to church. But yet Jesus still tells him, you must be born again. So what that tells me, church, is that it's got to be more than just our Bible reading. It's got to be more than just us going to church. It's got to be more than just even our prayers. And it has to be more than that. There has to be a spiritual birth. That word born again, born from above, born from the Spirit of God. And that's what he told Nicodemus. You must be born again. He just told him straight up. You must be born again. And the next point I want to make to you this morning is that when we really look at what Jesus said, what he taught, I want to read to you now Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. This is, these are the words in red now, so I'm not getting somewhere out of bounds. <laughs> this is the word of God, the words in red, the words from Jesus. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to what? Destruction. Now watch this next word. And many, not a few, and many enter through it. Next verse. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to what? Life. So we've got destruction and we've got life. And only a few, notice, only a few find it. Only, now, these are, again, words in red, words that Jesus spoke. Now, I want to skip down to verse 21 in this very same chapter. Verse 21. Do we have verse 21? There it is. Not everyone. Hello. Stay with me now. Not everyone who says to me, come on, I know the Bible. I know church. I pray. Come on. That was Nicodemus. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, I do ministry work. Come on. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Next verse. Jesus expounds on this now. And I think it's important that we look at it. Many will say to me on that day. Watch this now. Not a few. Many will say to me on that day. What day? Judgment day. Lord, Lord, calls him Lord. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do ministry work? 
and in your name drive out demons, perform many miracles. Next verse. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So church, if we just take that, those few verses from Matthew 7 for what they say, the Bible says that many are on the wide road that leads to destruction and there's only a few on the right road that leads to life. Can I submit something to you today? If we read that verse the way it reads and the way Jesus taught it, more people are on their way to hell than there are on their way to heaven. That ought to just get us to really think a little bit this morning. Many people, my second point is this, many people have not been born spiritually. Not just a few, come on. There's many people Jesus taught that are not born again. Many people that are not just, he said that are not just going to church, but many people that are working in the church, that are doing churchy things, doing ministry things. And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. So what that simply tells us, church, is that there's many people that have not been born spiritually. So, as we move right along, let's just get to the nitty-gritty. My third point. First one is we must. Not we should or should. You know, I would strongly recommend it. No, we must. If you want to see heaven, as Miss Tracy said, when your days are up on this earth, could be tomorrow, could be this evening. But if you want to see heaven, you must be born again. The second one we got to understand, not everybody's born again. Not even people that we would think. So thirdly, let's get to it this morning. How can I know if I've been born again or spiritually? How can I know? Well, I just don't know that you can know, Pastor Manny. Let me, let me just tell you what the word says. 1 John 5 and 13. John wrote these things. He said, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. So after today, you can lay, if that is you, well, I just don't know, Pastor Manny. I, I think I'm saved. Today, we're going to leave in about 20 minutes, right on time at closing. And everyone in this building, everyone watching online, you can know that you have been born again. Because church, you want to know. You don't want to be guessing with it. Because if you're kind of just kind of guessing about it, you're basing all of eternity on that decision. Not on your church. Well, Pastor Manny, I'm pretty faithful when it comes to church. Praise God. We're so thankful and we love every time we have church and we see your beautiful face. That, that just brings joy to our heart. But that doesn't get you into heaven. The 
Bible says we got to be born again. And we got to know. Well, how can I know? Well, I want to I just show you. I have a couple of examples that I think will be really, really helpful. Jesus made reference to our born again experience. He talked about born of water and born of the spirit. Natural birth, spiritual birth. He makes reference to that. He shows the born again experience. He, he likens it as that unto we have a natural birth, birth date. And then when we're born again, we have another birth date, a spiritual birth date. And just like we're born in the natural, we have to be born spiritually. But then another way, Jesus, or actually the Apostle Paul, in the epistles, he likens our relationship, the church, with Jesus, he likens it as a marriage between a man and a woman. And so if you're here today, I think this will help you nail it down. Why wouldn't you want to nail it down today <laughs> if you're not sure? You know, I've, had, I've heard people say, well, Pastor Manny, I'm just not sure if I'm saved. And you may ask somebody, well, when were you saved? I've heard people say, well, I just don't know. Might have been, I think it might have been when I was eight. Or it might have been when I was 16 and went to youth camp. Or it might have been when I was 24. Really not sure. And you know, we have to be careful because we got to know that we know that we know. Eternity is too long to be wrong. So the way I want to use this analogy that I think we'll all under, understand, especially if you're married in here, you, and again, you, you don't have to, I, I said spiritual birth date, but I, I want to just say this too. If you don't remember the exact day that you were born again, that's okay. <laughs> but you remember the event, right? Same thing with marriage. You, if you're married, you might forget your wedding date. Once, <laughs> after she let you know, wait a minute, you better not forget that day we walked down the aisle together. <laughs> but now my point is this, I may, you may forget the date once, but we don't ever forget the event. We don't ever forget the day that we committed ourselves to another person for life. And that person does what? They move in. They move in. Yeah, take over. Hallelujah. But we don't ever forget the day they move in. What I'm trying to say is, church, you may not remember the date, but you remember the day that Jesus moved in. Because that's what it means to be born again. It's making a commitment to him. Acknowledging what he did for you and I on the cross and raising from the dead. Providing salvation, the forgiveness of sin. Oh, 
I'm so thankful, church, that our sins have been forgiven when you truly have been born again. You're no longer a slave to sin. Does that mean we don't ever sin again? No, that's not what 1 John teaches. He does say anyone who is born of God does not continue to sin. Well, when you study that continue to sin, it means sin as a way of life. In other words, there's never been a change because I'm going to be honest with you. After we're born again, we're still going to miss it sometimes. I'm just preaching it real today. But it's not, we have a new nature is what I'm, when you've been born again, born of the spirit, there is a new nature. It's his nature. And you no longer want to sin. And when we sin, church, we know it. And there is that conviction, not condemnation, but there's a conviction that we now have because of the Holy Spirit that is now alive on the inside of us. And he lets us know. But see, that's the difference. See, when Cam and I were married, I'll never forget that day. But more importantly, I'll never forget what that day has produced. We've been together almost 26 years. And I'm thankful, church, that it's the most important relationship in my life. There's nothing I wouldn't do for her. I think about her all the time. And I'm not just saying that. I mean that. Because she's, she's the love of my life. She's the one that I have poured all of my affection and all of my attention to. Because she's the one I love. You know, when you really love somebody, when you really love somebody with the God kind of love, that's, what, that's, your, that's, that's your reaction. You're committed to that person. And that person, I don't, Make any decisions, any important decisions, without talking to her first. Why? Because of our relationship that we have. And you know what? Because of our relationship that we've now shared for almost 26 years, there's been fruit produced because of it. Two beautiful children. But that's all a byproduct of just our relationship, our commitment, one to another. So do you see what I'm trying to say? Just wanted to show you in using the marriage relationship. There's a commitment that's there. Is that commitment there? It is if you've truly been born again. The commitment is there. And when that commitment is there, it produces fruit in your life. I think many people get frustrated in, in, in this life because... We come to church and we hear the word. And, but we, if we'll just be honest, some people, I think they get very frustrated because they don't see fruit in their life. Can I help you with that? The way we produce fruit, it comes through the connection, through the relationship. See, the fruit is simply a byproduct of our commitment. If there is a commitment, there'll be fruit. If you're connected to Christ and committed to him, if you're connected to the vine, the root, the fruit follows, John 15. So that's my question today. How can I know that I've been born again, born spiritually? 
you can know if you are committed and you have had that time in your life. And if you haven't, I'm going to give you an opportunity today to just simply say, Jesus, I make that commitment today. It's very simple. We don't have to make it complicated. We just simply recognize that we're lost without him. So many people try to change, and they can't change. You know why that is? Because we can't do the changing. He does the changing. We just simply come to him and say this, I can't change, but I, I know that you can do the change in my life. Again, it's a relationship that we have with him. And when we acknowledge him as, as our Lord, that's what we do. We say, I commit my life to you. I turn my life over to you. I no longer live the way. When Cam and I got married, I totally, I started living a completely different way than I lived when I was single. That's what I'm trying to say. There's now a commitment that I want to honor before the Lord. Same way. It's all about a commitment. It's all about saying yes to him and acknowledging him as Lord. And you just surrender your life to him. This is so easy. I don't know why. It can, just, it can get complicated for some folks. I don't understand why. It's so simple. It's just recognizing I'm lost without him. I can't change myself, but I can give you my life. I can commit my life to you and allow you to do the changing. Allow your spirit to begin again. Born again, born of the spirit. I can allow your spirit in me once it comes alive. I can allow your spirit to do the changing. I'll end with this right here and then we're just going to close in a word of prayer. Another illustration, don't do this a lot, but I'm going to do it today. Holding a pen in my hand. And this is what salvation is like. This is what the born-again experience is like. When we're born, we're all going in the same direction, that way. And it's, we're all going in the wrong direction. I've heard people say, well, how can a loving God send anybody to hell? Can I help you with that? We're already going there. When we're born, we're already heading in that direction because we're born with a sin nature. I just said something right there. God doesn't send anybody to hell. Hear me in these last few minutes. We're already going in that direction because we're all, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're already going in that direction. And we can try, come on, we start coming to church. We got a mom and a dad that are always witnessing to us, telling us the truth because they've had a life change. And now they've accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. They have become born again. And they're now going in the other direction. Walking in new life, walking in the spirit of God. Walking in the direction towards heaven, eternal life. 
But you see, those people can try to help me because I'm still going this way. And those people can witness to me. And you've had people do that. If you've been, you know, coming to church for a little while, that could be you this morning. And, and I can even try to put pressure on myself to do what is right, to try to turn that pin to the other side. But eventually, it always comes right back to where I am. I can't change. I can't do it on my own. Why? Because there's never been a change in your heart. That's what the word repent means. Just simply means a change, recognizing that I can't do it this way. I can't, I can't turn the pen. But now watch this. When you open up your heart and acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord, not just Lord. That was Nicodemus. I know you're a good teacher. Or you couldn't do what you do without God, on, without God being with you. But wait a minute. You can't just be a good teacher, Nicodemus. He's got to be Lord. And when we acknowledge him as Lord and Savior, watch this. God does a work in our heart. God changes us, church. Pastor Jerry has always taught us change comes from the inside out. And he always would use the example of a sock. And you reach into that sock and you pull that sock Inside out, that's the change that happens. We're changed from the inside out. Not behavior modification, but it's a new nature. We're changed. We change it. We have a change in our heart. Change in our mind as we're renewed. Our mind is renewed by the word of God. But here's what happens. Come on, you still looking at the pen I'm holding? Once we make that decision, somebody, I believe, needs to make that decision today. You turn to Jesus. He does the change in your heart. Now watch what happens. Then you'll begin going in the right direction. Now watch what happens. Even like I said, sometimes we're, we're tempted to do the wrong thing. Or I don't want to forgive. I don't want to forgive that person because that person did me wrong. I don't want to forgive that person. That, that person needs to come to me. I don't want to forgive that person. But watch this. But then, okay, I forgive that person. Because now watch this. You've changed directions. We're used to, before we're born again, the default always turns back to the other way. Just fall right back into the, what we know, the old nature. But I'm talking about new life in Christ today. Now our default, when we are tempted to, to do what's wrong, watch this. The pen is pointed in the other direction. Why is that? Because there simply has been a change in my heart. I want to show you one more place in the word and then we're going to pray. Did Nicodemus ever get it right? Because after that conversation, we don't even really see Nicodemus's response to the question or to the statement, you must be born again. But can I tell you, that's not the last place we see Nicodemus in the word. Just before we pray, let's go to John 19. This will be the last two scriptures I show you today. You must be born again. Did Nicodemus get it right? I believe that he did. Because I believe in John 19, he shows us. Listen to this. Maybe you've heard of Joseph of Arimathea before. That was the, the Pharisee that actually provided the tomb for Jesus to be laid in after his crucifixion. So here's Joseph of, of Arimathea. He actually went to Pilate. I'll read it to you. He asked Pilate for the body of Jesus after his crucifixion. 
Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jews. While, while with Pilate's permission, he came out and took the body away. But now watch this next verse. He's not by himself. Who's with him? He was accompanied by Nicodemus. The man who earlier, the same man we just read about today, who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Yeah, you know, Nick at night. Nicodemus brought, watch this. Here's my point right here. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes. Watch this, about 75 pounds. Don't just read over that. Another translation says almost 100 pounds of myrrh. Can I just tell you before we pray, did Nicodemus get it right? I believe that he did. Because when you study that, in, that, that fragrance of myrrh, that ointment of myrrh, it was very rare during these times, Bible times. Therefore, it was very expensive because it was hard to get. If I told you how much a hundred pounds of myrrh cost in those times, equivalent to today, you wouldn't believe me, so I won't even tell you. It cost Nicodemus something. And he recognized that he was not just a good teacher. He recognized who Jesus was. It wasn't Peter. It wasn't John that went to grab Jesus' body off that cross after he was crucified. It was Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea. Nicodemus was there, took his body down and was used and was helpful him and Joseph put laid that body in the tomb I believe Nicodemus did get it right because he knew that the man on that cross was not just a good teacher he was the son of the living God and when Jesus quoted from the Old Testament I read it to you in John 3 when he said and just as Moses when he lifted up that snake he said, so when I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. So you got you to see this. Jesus said that for a reason because he was talking to a man that would know exactly what he's talking about. Referring to the Old Testament. He knew exactly what happened. God's people were being stung, being bitten by snakes. And God told Moses, raise, make a bronze snake, raise it up. And when you do, when the people see it, they'll be healed of that snake bite. Nicodemus knew exactly what he was getting at. I'm here to tell you there's a cure for snake bite. There's a cure for sin. There's a cure, church, for all of iniquity. There's a cure. And I'm not talking about a vaccine. Not against vaccines. I'm talking about the blood of Jesus Christ. Have you simply acknowledged, has there been a day Where you have said, Lord, I give you my life. I acknowledge you as my Lord. And what you did for me, oh, there's no greater love. No greater love, the Bible says, than a man would lay down his life for his friend. He did, would you just hear this before we pray? He's already done everything he needs to do for you to experience the forgiveness of your sin. He's already done what needs to be done. He's provided a way for you 
to be free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. The moment you say yes to Jesus, from your heart, out of your mouth to God, we're going to do that in just a second, ending right on time. Do you know that that's when the Spirit of God, the life of God, the new life comes in your heart. You have new life. You're not the same person. You no longer have to worry about trying to change. He will change you. He'll do the changing for you. (laughs) But has there been a time in your life where there's been a change, a heart change? I recognize. He's not just a way. He's the only way to new life. Do you know that you're going to heaven? You don't want to leave. As I said already, we're going to know today. You don't have to wonder another day of your life. You can know. As John said, you can have the assurance of salvation. But it's for those who call upon his name and say, here I am. I give you my life. Forgive me. Feel me. Change me. Would you bow your head with me right now? Please, with nobody leaving, we're ending right on time. I just want to give somebody, actually everybody, even those that have watched online today, I want to give you an opportunity right now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week. You're not promised tomorrow and next week. That's why the Bible says today, I'm giving somebody. I believe the Spirit of God. It's not about me this morning. I believe the Spirit of God is giving somebody, like Miss Tracy said, one more chance, one more opportunity, (laughs) right where you sit, to just simply say yes to Jesus and acknowledge him as your Lord, as your Savior. Understanding that he's the only way We must be born again. You may not understand everything fully that I've said today, and that's okay. But you just got to understand this one thing. The Bible says that we must be born again. There must be a time in our life where we have acknowledged him. As Lord. The only way to heaven. Acknowledge him as the The only one that can forgive, not just some of your sins, all of your sins. Because he paid the price for sin on the cross. And he offers you today new life. With every head bowed, every head closed, every head bowed, every eye closed. No one's going to be embarrassed. But it's time. It's time. I want to just ask you if that's you. And you would just say, that's me, Pastor Manny. I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I don't want to live another day. Not knowing for sure that I'm saved, that I'm born again. I open up my heart right now. If that's you, I just want to ask you to slip your hand up right now as we end on time. I see that hand. Come on, I know there's more than one. Come on, raise it up. Don't be ashamed. This is your moment. You may not get another 
moment like this. Come on, just lift it up. Anybody else, lift it up right now. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else before? I see that hand. Any, thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else before we pray? Come on, you're not the only one. I see that hand. People making decisions. About six or seven hands have gone up this morning. Just people wanting to make things right. People just wanting to know for sure you can put your hands down. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. People just wanting to know for sure. Erase all the doubt. All because of the love of the Father. And the sacrifice of the Son on the cross. And now the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You will never be the same again. Would everybody just say that with me with every head bowed? I will never be the same again. Now this is for those six or seven or so that raised their hand. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but boy, you, you mean business with God today. This is for you. I want everybody to just pray this prayer. This is specifically for those that have lifted your hands today. Making the greatest decision and the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Maybe online. Let us know. Say, that's me. Count me. Just type that in the comments. Count me. I'm saying yes to Jesus today. Would everybody say this? And we don't just say it from our head. We say it from our heart. We mean business today. By faith that he's given to us. Would you say this with me? Father in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus. For loving me that much. For sending your son to die on the cross. Shed his blood for my sins. I am forgiven. Not just of some, but of all my sin. Past, present, and future. I turn to you today. I give you my life. I repent of my sin. I change directions today. Now I open up my heart and allow you to come in and be Lord of my life. I don't make decisions anymore without you. I live for you. Holy Spirit, thank you for coming alive on the inside of me today making me new. I know today, without any doubt, I am born again, a child of God on my way to heaven. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, can we give him a big hand clap of praise?